Hey guys, welcome to Questions You Have, Answers I Give, episode 87, divisible by three. So we have got a Patreon all-access episode. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for helping produce the Questions You Have podcast or the show on the Content Club feed. And this is on all the feeds, so welcome. And uh, if you want more questions you have, if you want to submit your own questions, you can become a Patreon, which we'll talk about later on in podcast feed news. We have the Patreon-exclusive Queen's Peril page wars up and the all-access page wars Shadows Fall, Shadowfall, sorry, Alphabet Squadron. And we have another page wars going up tomorrow. Also, a new interview episode of Steel Wars, the classic format with our friend Jason from Yakface will be going up probably Monday. It's recorded. Just got to get it ready for your sweet ears. But in the meantime, I came across a spare few minutes to do some Patreon Q&A. Let's go to Brandon Baker. Hey, Steel. The Mandalorian just got nominated for Best Drama at this year's Emmys. I believe that the last time a Star Wars scene got such prominent awards nomination was when A New Hope was nominated for Best Picture in 1977. My question, what do you speculate, if anything, would have changed about Star Wars if A New Hope had won Best Picture? Now, he also says, might be good to ask Hawes also. I think it touches on the Star Wars Year by Podcast. All right, I I will mention that in between McDonald's stories and such and such and lost on the Star Wars Year by Podcast with Hawes. I will quiz him on that. Now, sweet name drop, I know. But I did bring this up with a Leonard Moulton when he was on the podcast. If the winner at the 1978 Oscars, covering 1977, Annie Hall, best picture, if Star Wars was robbed and he chastised me about how good a film Annie Hall was. But I guess... You know, you know, maybe it is a better picture, but you know, in retrospect, the groundbreakingness of Star Wars, the earth-shatteringness of Star Wars, and and because you you know you're batting for the home team, you would, um, you know, it's hard not to see that Star Wars should have won because it changed the game. How these other I might be showing my naivete as a film connoisseur, but which I would not proclaim to be. But like I like films, but 
I'm not necessarily saying I like good film. But the Best Picture nominees for 1977 at the 1978 Oscars was Annie Hall, The Goodbye Girl, which I, I, I cannot tell you a thing about. I maybe had in my brain that that title was a movie. Julia, uh, another nominee, no idea. And The Turning Point, which I have no knowledge of whatsoever. It sounds like a film in Seinfeld. You know, they go see Sack Lunch. They've got all these made-up films, Rochelle, Rochelle. Um, turning, the Turning Point sounds like one of the films. What was it? Prognosis Murder. God, Seinfeld had some great made-up programs. But if it won, what would it have changed about Star Wars? Hmm... Maybe it would have been, I don't know, taken more seriously. Um. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to say. Um, yeah, maybe it would be less of a guilty pleasure for people. For some people, they might put it down. Oh, yeah, I like Star Wars. But, yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I, I think the main difference I can imagine is just George Lucas being more content. Um, he, You know, during his uh, filmmaking time, he might have been a more satisfied filmmaker with getting, because he always had this, you know, he's always bucking the system and, you know, Hollywood had sort of betrayed him or let him down several times, you know, with edits and and that sort of thing, THX. Um, He didn't like some things that the studio did, so he was really against the studio system. And then, you know, 20th Century Fox put so much pressure on him when he was trying to finish off Star Wars. And, it, you know, from what we know, it wouldn't have got finished the way it was if it wasn't for Alan Ladd Jr. putting his uh, job on the line at 20th Century Fox. Um, and then, and, and not really, from what I know, respected for coming through with the goods by 20th Century Fox, so... Whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the main difference I could imagine is just George Lucas being, like, happier. A, a weight off his shoulders, maybe. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. What, what, what do you think, Brandon? You, you, you've, you conjured up this question. Do you have an opinion? Let us know, buddy. 
But I, I, I will ask Hawes on the next Star Wars Year by podcast. Michael Nip. He asks if Toro Calacan, he means the star of The Mandalorian Season 1 and 2, if Toro had his own starship, what do you think he would name it? Oof. Um, something bad. You know, maybe he's such a bounty hunting mark that he, he names it Slave 2. Wasn't there a Slave 2 in the EU? I feel like it was in a comic book and I was disappointed by its look. Sort of blocky, sort of, I don't know. But, yeah, I've got a vague memory of of the Slave 2. But otherwise, it would have a horrible name, like like a bad personalised number plate. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, um, nothing is bouncing off my head that, I just know it's bad. Huntress. Whatever it is. What, if, you guys are at home. Let's and, and, and a lot of you have uh, a lot of hostility to the great man, Toro Calican, played exquisitely by Jake Carnival. If you... Um, and I'm mainly talking... I, I, just, I, I picture this King Tom, Tom Chansky, sitting at home in Ohio, smugly thought up, um, a hilarious title for his ship. So develop your inner King Tom and hit the comments. There'll be a link in the show notes of this episode to the Patreon comments and have with it. And we'll, we'll read them out and have a laugh. At your witty starship names on the next episode. John News. Oh, he actually helps this out. John pronounced Nice Wonder, which I only had to make it easier on you as it doesn't bother me if you say it differently. All right, well, John Smith, Smithy, as we like to call him. He asks, is there any Star Wars-inspired music that you're into? One of my favourite bands, Ash, often add a little nod here or there, which I personally prefer over a song that's just all about what tambour or something. Not a hard and fast rule, though, as I do love A New Hope by Blink-182. Uh, yeah, Blink-182. Is, is A New Hope the Princess Leia song? The Princess Leia, where are you tonight? Because I was friends or friendly with those guys when they first started touring Australia. And when they came out, I think 
it was to support Pennywise. And I used to, many of you know this, but I used to do a punk rock zine called Return of the Punk Guy. So it was a Star Wars themed punk um, music zine. And we were one of the, the first, actually, um, publication to do an interview with Blink-182 in Australia because I got sent their, the Cheshire Cat CD when they were still called just Blink and some techno group from Europe sued them because that, that was their name, so they, they added the, the 182. But, so yeah, they were still Blink and we did the interview and was like we're super into the band, The Descendants, and Star Wars. So we, we got along splendidly on the phone. And that, Cheshire Cat, that must have had some Star Wars references for me to know, to bring it up on the interview. But when they came out for this tour with Pennywise, Mark was like, oh, we've got this surprise for you in the set. And each show they played, very kindly, gave me a sweet shout-out and then debuted the Princess Leia song because it wasn't on any albums and stuff. And that was super cool. And I actually saw Ash, now that you mention it, at Celebration Europe, which was in London, Ash played a gig set up. Who set that up? Was that like Jedi News or something? But the night before Celebration started, there was like this Star Wars concert headed up by Ash, headlined by Ash, at that big dome thing just out of London. It wasn't in the big venue. It was sort of in a, I guess, um, what are those venues called? The... House of Blues, that style of venue. And they had this big Star Wars concert the night before, which was so cool. I remember going with um, Dom and all the crew from the Star Wars Underworld and just having the best night. And that was when I met D. Yeah, that's what I got introduced to D that night and convinced him to come to the convention the next day or well, the day after that, it would, yeah, it would have been, it was the Saturday, so it was a Thursday night, and I spent Friday texting him that he should come to the convention and do the 100th podcast, and he came, we spent the day together, and became great mates, but we met at that Ash gig, um, which is really, really cool, and someone else I met at that gig is going to be on the episode, the Steel Wars episode, the week after the Yak Face podcast. So look forward to that. Someone that also appeared all the way through the sequel trilogy. So that Princess Leia song, if that's the New Hope song you mean, I'm pretty fond of that as well. So that that, that would be my pick. That would be my pick. Uh, Rebecca Edwards in Perth. She is going to quiz us on Hey Steel. Baby Yoju Home Alone is a film I must see. So this is from the last episode where we're pitching 
Rebecca came up with this bizarre question about now that the sequel trilogy characters or the characters of Star Wars don't have anything to do now that evil's been defeated in the galaxy after the rise of Skywalker, what roles could the characters play in remakes? And one of mine was, you got to get Yoju, Baby Yoda, Yoju, if you will, as Kevin McAllister in Home Alone. That would be the best. So Rebecca says, Baby Yoju Home Alone film is a must-see. Please use your Hollywood connections to make it happen. Well, let's see. I will try my best to get this to Mendo and uh, see if he can get signatures on the right contracts to do this. On to my question, says Rebecca. Question one, why doesn't R2-D2 have a voice unit? It's pretty clear from C-3PO being able to talk that the technology is in the universe, so why no talking R2? It would have made things a lot easier. But not as cool, Rebecca. I, I love the Star Wars technology of hyperspace, but 70s digital readouts. It's... It's the best. You're just trolling. You don't actually want R2-D2 to be able to talk. It's it's just part of the sweet magic. And part of the reason you can't talk is because astromech droids are not meant to be going on these crazy adventures, I don't think. I know it's sort of been watered down, but I always liked the thought that R2 was the one astromech droid that was going on these crazy adventures. You know, now you got you know, Chopper and that sort of thing. But it was always cool to me that all the other astromechs were just, you know, microwaves. And then R2-D2 was out there just living the dream, welding Naboo Royal fighters back together when it counts. So it would have made things a lot easier, but it would have made things also a lot less fun. Question two. In two parts, please answer part A fully before part B. Okay. Part A. Harrison, baby Steve, Steeju, if you will. <laughs> Jackie will not go for that. Uh, gets a starring role in the next Star Wars film. Jackie would go for that. As a sign-on bonus for you, Lucasfilm allows you to take any prop in their collection as yours to keep forever. What do you choose? Oh, well, ignite the green. The green saber hilt. That is the ultimate collectible. Puppy of the question, no. (laughs) No, Luke's green lightsaber is the one item you can't have. So what do you choose instead? Damn it. Um, Hmm. So... Green lightsaber, just because that's my man. That's my boy. That's my girl. Whatever that is. I love the Luke Jedi Saber. So I go for that just because I have to. 
But if I can't have that, I feel like I've got to get a bit more strategic with what I would take or have or be gifted. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm pretty partial to that Return of the Jedi half-built Death Star model with all the frames showing and stuff, which in the photos, and, and, and there's photos of this in the very first bit of insider information I ever got, or behind-the-scenes information, which is the Return of the Jedi poster and trivia book, which there's a YouTube video of, of me going through it for the first time in a couple of decades. So you can check that out. But they did have pictures of people putting together that model. And I know it's like four foot wide or something. That would look pretty good. What are the props are there? An actual speeder bike would be pretty tight. A biker scout outfit. Hmm, so lightsaber. I'll probably... Because that Death Star, that'd be pretty big. That would, like, in my current circumstance of, of space in the house, that would not suit our current conditions. So, without being able to get the green saber... I reckon I'd have to go for a Red 5 X-Wing model from Star Wars. Episode 4, A New Hope. Best ship ever. Love that thing. That's, uh, that's the go. So, thank you, Rebecca... And we've got one more stray comment or question on the last episode of Star Wars You by podcast, or not the last episode. The last episode was the special edition All Lost Flash Forward episode, but episode 18 covers the first couple of months in 1982, and that's available in YouTube and podcast form on all the Feeds, Tom Chansky chimes in. This episode was a damn delight. Thank you, Thomas. Thinking about the two cutscenes you mentioned, and we're talking about Return of the Jedi cutscenes. The first one is the sandstorm scene where they get back to the Millennium Falcon and the X-Wing through the sandstorm. Han and Leia and Luke, Lando, Chewie, the droids. And the other cutscene is Luke 
putting together his lightsaber in the cave and igniting it at the start of Return of the Jedi, which was, of course, cut out. Thinking about the two cutscenes you mentioned, I remember hearing about the sandstorm scene and seeing pictures as far back as 95. But I can't remember anything about Luke building his saber in that cave that far back. I think the first I heard of it was when they teased it as part of the 2004 original trilogy DVD set. Does anyone remember anything about it before then? Yes. I will have to dip into my archives, and I hope these are here. But in the aforementioned Return of the Punk Guy zine, I did an article about cutscenes from the original trilogy, and this was... Hmm, what year would that have been? Probably around 94, 95. And I'm pretty sure I covered that scene. I'm almost certain, but I will drag it out for the next episode. And, cause I did, yeah, so I did this article about all the cutscenes in Trilogy. And, you know, Biggs, all that good stuff. Just what I could pretty much Google and, and, and find out in other web articles at the time. But I'm pretty sure I did. But I'll check it out for the next episode. Does anyone else remember that before then? Because, you know, if King Tom doesn't know about it, that's pretty shocking, you guys. Who are we kidding? Maybe I should just rethink me knowing about it before then because how how would a Star Wars mind like King Tom not know this before me? Boggles the mind. Boggles the mind. And that is all the questions for this episode. If you want to contribute a question, comment, thought, theory, whatever to the next episode, click on the comments link in this episode's show notes, it will take you to this episode's Patreon page and you can type that comment right there about whatever you please. Thank you guys for all your support. I know um, I've gotten a, a, a nice amount of messages thanking me for the content this week that they've enjoyed what's been up thus far far and there's more to come with another page wars up tomorrow for patrons and if you want to join in on all the bonus content it is three dollars a month to join the content club on patreon and you get your own custom rss feed which you can easily paste into any podcast app or reader, and the episodes will download like a regular podcast whenever they are uploaded, or you can also click into the previously released episodes and scroll through 600 plus prior episodes, full Steel Wars episodes, bonus episodes, movie commentaries, comedy festival live shows, and those celebration erotic fan 
prediction shows. Super fun. Thank you guys so much. And may that force be with you. Ben Mendelsohn, right? Yeah. I'm just confirming. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.